You are now listening to The Caleb One Show, where we talk about everything that they should have taught you in school regarding your health, your finances, and your social life. I'm your host, Caleb, and the episode starts now. Hello and welcome to The Caleb One Show. I'm your host, Caleb One, and this is a very special episode because I had the opportunity to interview two very special guests that I met at Dean Gravizosi's event, Michael Wojcielinski and Eamon Halu, creators of Meteora Brand. We'll talk about that in the episode. But it's a space and science theme brand discussing about the future and what it has to offer to not only humans, but to also technology. Hmm. Look, if you guys are looking for some new clothes, you know, Christmas is right around the corner, you want some new gear, you want, some cop, you want to cop some new stuff, they're opening up a store right now, not right now, but soon, they're opening up a store where they sell nothing but shirts and hoodies with a science space theme around it. How badass is that? Pretty fucking dope, if you ask me. Uh, there's a couple things I also want to note about this episode so that you guys know that going in. Uh, I decided to switch the hosting platform for interview calls to Discord instead of Skype, so... If the audio is a little bit weird, you know, someone's a little louder, someone's a little quieter, there's maybe a little background static, um, that's just me messing around with the audio to make sure that it's clear to myself, clear to my guests, and to also you guys. So it's definitely a learning curve for me and for you guys to also adjust. We're all in this together. Um, But I also want to say, excuse Eamon's audio, you know, his connection, his mic, weren't really cooperating with us um so excuse that for him uh but besides that i hope you guys also enjoy this wonderful and awesome episode that i prepare with love and affection all right let's get into this caleb one show i'm your host caleb one and this is the podcast where we talk about the things school should have taught us and with me right now are two special guests yeah i know guests crazy right they are the creators of Meteorator Brand, a mission to spread interest in science and technology and popularizing astronomy and to get others to think about space and its potential. I present to you, Mike and Eamon. What's up, guys? Hello. Hello, Caleb. Hello. Um, How's everybody? So well, before we have we have so much shit to cover on this, like a lot. Would you guys agree? We, we Yeah. For sure, because we both, we all three of us have the interests of business and entrepreneurship and sales and marketing. Um, but let's, you know, for the viewers and listeners at home that are listening to this, um, I want to say, I want to, I talked about how we met at Dean Graziosi's event. Um, and I just want to hear it from your guys' perspective. Again, we didn't rehearse any of this stuff, by the way. This is literally just us talking about it right now for the first mm-hmm. time since we just last met during that event. So, Mike, Eamon, whenever you guys are ready, let's go for it. How did we meet? Let's uh, go from my perspective, and then Eamon can go from his. But we, uh, well, me and Eamon, kind of, we met each other at school, and we kind of had a mutual interest in business. So I kind of took him on for Meteora Brand because I wanted to, you know, get things done together with somebody who has the same vision as me. Uh, I'll go more in depth into that eventually. But I just wanted to mention how, when we first met, 
we had this idea that, you know, we're going to start a YouTube channel and we're going to do, you know, all these things together. So when the opportunity came to go to one of these events, this one being Dean Graziosi's, we were kind of excited. We wanted to take that first step into, you know, starting to learn something new. So when we went to the event, we noticed we were like the only young ones there because we're, well, I'm 19, he's 18. And how old are you, Caleb? Uh, 17 again. 17. Yeah. So we're all, we're all pretty young, the three of us. Um, so there's a bunch of middle-aged people. We got some young people. bloods up in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. bunch of middle-aged people. And then at the end of the event, uh, or well, at the first half of it anyways, after they made their pitch about the whole real estate thing, we saw Caleb sitting there and Eamon was like, yo, we should go talk to him. He's our age, you know, like I want to see what he's doing here. So he convinced me to go over there and then that's where we met. Yeah, um, I'll actually add on to that. No cap. Um, right after that, I was actually going to go to you guys, but I guess you guys came to me first. Uh, Eamon, you got anything to add on that one? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it pretty much happened. Uh, we're like, yo, there's a bunch of like, people were in their 30s 40s 50s even watching all around us and then like only person yeah for close sure to our age so yeah. like we wanted to see you know if you have the same interests as yeah no for so, sure um uh, i also want to hear your guys's thoughts on the on dean's event itself because i've already done a whole episode dedicated to the event and what they talked about, and is it even worth it? Uh, for the viewers that are really confused and have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, go check back in some of the previous episodes. I've done an episode on Dean Graziosi's event. You guys don't know who he is. He's the guy who talks about motivation and help and business and real estate, and he's got a shitload of courses. You guys can go check him out on your own time if you guys want to, uh, but I also did a whole episode on that. But I want to hear from your guys' perspective on the event itself. So we talked about me and a little about Dean's event. Just so I'm not, just so for the listeners okay. at home okay. listening to know that we did not rehearse this. This is not bullshit. We're not sponsored by them by any means. We're literally just yeah, of course not. a bunch not. of, we're literally just literally a bunch of kids who were just curious enough and wanted to learn something. Okay. Um, so like, uh, at first we thought it was a sales pitch and we're like pretty confident that it has to money to like get people to sign and then we attended to the event percent a sales pitch so we were like right he dropped like a few teaser information he was like saying a few things here and there but like most of it was just like trying to like his um course pretty much you still say michael yeah, I would agree for the most part. There's a lot of middle-aged people. And I, I could tell that the whole point of them hosting that event was to target people who you know, are fed up with their 9-to-5s and they want to have a little change. They want more money coming in so they can pay for their kids' college, you know, whatever it may be. And uh, yeah, so that's how they get you because they can tell that you're at a low point in your life and you're desperate and you're willing to you know, pay $1,200 for a course that has no guarantee of making you any money. But they're selling hope in that respect kind of just like a lottery ticket you know yeah no for sure i'll i'll actually i'll echo that sentiment because people forget so often and i'll 
literally do a whole standalone episode on the concept of courses and self-help. Again, that shit is just for another time because I get to talk almost all fucking day along about it. Here's the thing about courses that people always forget is that people think that just learning it and going through one time is just good enough. And people almost forget the concept that you have to learn, literally learn it over and over and over again. And that's why, to me, to be perfectly honest, I'm never a huge fan when it comes to learning through courses. You literally going out there and buying courses to try and learn it. You can literally piece everything together on YouTube. All you got to do is search and look for it. As Jesus Christ says himself, seeking you will find, asking you will receive, knocking the door will be open. But there's just so, you know, people are trying to sell like the lazy man's way to getting rich. And they're just selling this course. And... It's not only the audience's fault, although, again, that's why I have this whole podcast out here, so that we can bring awareness to this, because it's really fucked up how people are benefiting off of this shit, of just courses, of just trying to learn it. But they forget the other aspect that you have to also be patient and stick with it along the way. I'm not saying a course Mm -hmm. doesn't help you. What I am saying is people get it confused, but just by enrolling in a course, you're already there, which is complete ass backwards from what people actually think it is. So I'll I'll give you a little contrast on that. So as for the topic of courses, me and Eamon, uh, along with a third party, we're also planning on eventually maybe doing a course for a Meteora brand. But it's not a course in the sense that we're trying to sell hope to people like, hey, do what we do and you'll make a shitload of money or do what we do and you'll do this or this. It's more educational. We're focusing way more on the educational aspect. And like you said, for free, they can absolutely go on YouTube and they can you know, search up uh, how to learn this, how to learn that. But since we're providing it ourselves and it's coming from us, there's almost like a different factor to it. It, It's more personal in a way because you're learning the course from somebody that you've been following on Instagram for a long time, so much so to the point where you're willing to pay money just to let them lecture you or lecture in the sense that, you know, they're kind of showing you the ropes of certain things. Yeah, no, Uh, at the same time, go go for it. Yeah. No, 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 you go. Uh, okay so at the like they can easily like michael said he's making it more like easy to understand um all the other benefits too like even showing images just making it like simple for the beginners as well putting the in front of them very simple to use so it's more efficient than trying to do all the research um online and trying to look pieces by pieces from different sources yeah, um, I guess there there is an element of truth to everything that we've said so far. Again, um, I'll do a completely separate episode on that in the future, but I also want to move on with this interview. If you guys want to go check that out, stay tuned for the podcast. Um, I, I, I really got a genuine question about Meteora brand and what this whole brand is about. So your brand, Meteora brand, is about space. It's about science theme. How did you guys come up with this idea? Well, <laughs> Eamon just recently joined the team, like not even, yeah. what, two weeks ago maybe? Uh, so I've been running this by myself for almost two years now. No, over two years, September of 2017. Um, it, the way it started is, you guys know who Elon Musk is, right? Elon, co- yeah. I actually have that yeah. as one of my upcoming questions, but uh, continue. All right, welcome to So I'm going to assume that you know who he is then. So it started off as an Elon Musk meme page. That's how the Instagram page started. I would make memes about Elon Musk, SpaceX, Tesla, mostly SpaceX though, because I've always kind of had a passion for space. 
and uh, it got to a point where I actually started getting like a lot of followers. I had at one point like 1.5k followers on my meme page, and this is when I was like, I don't want to just post memes anymore. I've always had a passion for space. I'm gonna start posting about space, and from there it just blew up. I put out good content, like really interesting photos that captured people's attentions. And it just grew from there exponentially. And uh, yeah, like that's that's literally it. You just consistently post about space and science and it just grew into what it is today. So just a lot of dedication and hard work. Yeah, that's really practice. funny because uh, a lot of the, the things out there in the world that we take for granted actually just were like a mistake or just complete accidents. We're just taken as a joke. And then there were people mm-hmm. out there who were like, hey, you know what? Why don't we try it? I think that's that's really cool too how you explain the backstory about that um what was the turning point for you guys or maybe you guys can go take turns on this uh what was the turning point for you guys that you um that realized that science and technology was for you because it obviously just didn't come out of nowhere like what was sort of like the behind the scenes sort of humble beginnings that people didn't see you can go first damon uh i said like Michael said, pretty much, I recently joined the Meteora brand, per se. Um, like, science thing, but, like, the way they teach it in school is kind of, like, or like not really messed up, but in a way they teach it so it's not something you want to do in the future. And it'd be a full-time job with 12 years of university uh, that you have to attend just so you can get a stable job in but just looking at it differently, there's other paths that you can take using just science or like just uh, uh, differently. So like Michael's doing right now with the space page, he doesn't have any really education in space, uh, like two years in uni or four years in uni to present all this information. Mm-hmm. But like he likes it and it's working. People are liking it. They're relating. So it's kind of working out while using the space uh, thing. Uh yeah, for that that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, he he said that pretty well actually. Um, for me personally though, I, I can't really remember what the turning point was for me because I've always had an interest in it. The problem is I I personally uh, and don't take my word for it because everybody's different when it comes to this. I just generally dislike school. I think the educational system is corrupt. It doesn't actually teach people how to do anything properly. It just makes them slaves for other people. I disagree with it. Um, so I actually never took any science classes in high school. I know more science, uh, more about space, biology, physics than most people do. And those people have actually taken, you know, grade 11, grade 12, university physics and chem. I never took those classes and I could tell you a whole lot more. And that's because I have a passion for it. And I think that you need to start acting on those passions rather than just going to school because you need a degree or you need this, you need that. You should do what's right for yourself. And that's why I'm taking a year off next year because I need to just focus on what I want to do. Yeah, school think, is not going to help me. Yeah, I know. I think that's really dis- it's what really disconnects school from real life. Because the whole intention of school was to hopefully become a safe haven for students to experiment what, was, what they like. But unfortunately, it's turned to almost... A judgmental zone where you almost can't take a class without being judged by someone whether that's a parent a teacher or a classmate for that matter um and in that regard is really fucked and really toxic um 
And it's funny too, because, you know, a while back, a friend of mine did a whole episode dedicated to uh, the school system. We literally, it's literally titled Three Ways the School System Can Improve. And one of the things that she talked about was to handle stress. Um, and that's never really talked about in the school system. It's almost like, you know, the whole school system was originally built for soldiers. It's literally just, okay, here's a, you know, a cookie cutter mold of what we need someone to look like and do. And, you know, we'll just ship that out to students to hopefully take in. Um, and, you know, we're not in a time of war. We're not in a time of hardship. And we have flexibility. And yet the school system doesn't want to really change. So I'm with you guys on that one. Um, but moving on, we almost, like I said before, we almost can't talk about space without bringing up Elon Musk. And uh, <laughs> what's your take on the Tesla Cybertruck? And it's really all right. All right. I'm going to go first on this because I've been thinking about this all the time. I fucking, excuse my language, love it. I love it so much. Curse, the curse as much as you want, Michael. It. Curse as much as you want, man. <laughs> Maybe this isn't PG, but the reason why I love it so much is because this man is actually doing something innovative. He's not coping with, you know, the general shit. Let's just make a card that, you know, has an aerodynamic hood and blah. No, he's taking it to the next level. He's doing something that people aren't sure if they like or not because it's so different. And that's how you know he's doing a good job. If people aren't sure if they like it because it just looks so out of the ordinary, he's doing a fantastic job. I love it. I love the idea. If I had the money, I'd buy one. That's my take on it. Amen. Yeah, I have a similar take. So, like, people are act over like where, what the actual um cyber truck can actually do and they're like just seeing the small details such as like the glassing or like it, it's looking pixelated that, that was a pr very, very stupid. yeah that makes sense um uh, yeah so mostly uh, uh the actual truck itself is actually really really good really really powerful you saying a bunch of different things about it we're having technical issues. <laughs> um, no, but here, um, while uh, Eamon is doing his uh, his fixer upper, um, I think uh, the tr the truck it looks really really weird. It literally looks like a cross between oh, yeah. Iron Man's like nanotech to like you know Batman's Batmobile. <laughs> it's like a Roblox car. No, it looks like a Roblox. It looks like, yeah, that mixed in with like, yeah, yeah. No, that I think it a Roblox. A Roblox is a great comparison to that. Um, I think we're still having issues with Amon. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, again, back. apologies for any of the audio. What's going on with you know Amon and Michael? We're having a new. I, when I was doing an episode. Actually, I'll tell you guys on this one. I was doing an episode on the three-way school system can improve with my friend Hannah. Uh, we did it actually through Skype, and we're recording now through Discord to hopefully get better audio, but from not only myself, but also from my guests as well. Um, but how's it for you guys as well? Is the audio dope? Is it good? The, the audio. Yeah. All right. Pretty all right. Well. Um, Your audio is fantastic. I just can't hear Amy too well. <laughs> I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll shine him through this. <laughs> um so what do you guys think um, is the potential for the Cybertruck? Like, are we going to make any more of it? Or is this maybe the gateway to something else? 
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it so far. If there's something you'd like me to talk about or someone you'd like me to interview, feel free to leave the topic or guest in their survey show notes. And if you love this podcast, show your love by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher and leave a review of what you think about the show. All right, let's get back into it. Well, I guess I'll give my take, but the, the reason why it's so weird is because look, people are always like, oh, in 2010 or 2000, whatever, back in the 1930s, you know, 100 years from now, we're going to have flying cars, we're going to have this, we're going to have that. But if they actually, you know, put out this prototype of a flying car, it would get so badly bashed by society. It's not even funny. And that's why we haven't actually taken any positive steps. You know, there's no, there's no two steps forwards. It's all one step forward, one step back, one step forward, one step back, just like this. Because if the public rejects it, He's going to scrap the idea and then it's a step back. He needs to just put his foot down. You know what? Not a lot of people are going to like this, but it's necessary to move You know, the car industry forward. I'm going to keep it. Eventually, people will go to like it. A lot of people already have at first. They were like, what the fuck is this? And now they're like, I don't want to see any other truck. Like, I need this truck. You know, it just changes. It's got to grow on you a little bit. Amen. Yeah, I, I agree with him. So it does look like it belongs in my like the potential to actually do what it's supposed to do you pretty amazing and it's also a cyber truck like as the name it also has all the uh the ai functionality um everything like that so powerful truck to be used by people so at least elon is actually moving forward or trying to do something unlike everyone else who's just talking exactly. about it and not really society in any way mm. sticking with elon musk we know his objective, right? It's pretty fucking clear. And it's to try and put man on Mars. And his goal is to do it by 2024. Do you think he'll meet his deadline? Yeah, uh, I mean, you can go. Okay, so... so what you think about this. Okay, let me think. Okay, so really <laughs> focusing <laughs> on that date and sending off... How many people was it? I think it's. I think it's like a good chunk. Yeah. People. Now, do you think he'll meet the deadline, and will it? What do you think this will have? What are some of the repercussions on this, or what? What are some of the effects it'll have financially, ethically, and legally on not only humanity but also on the company SpaceX itself? Honestly, Um, as like humanity, I'd be just like the uh, the first steps in the mm -hmm. moon. Just like in 19... I don't remember the date, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, 1969? Yeah. It, that sounds familiar. I think... Yeah, I think... What, we put Man so, on the Moon? Yeah. The yeah, fair, that's the very that's, first... That's, yeah, Okay, so I think it's going to be one of those days. So if Elon and... Well, honestly, the deadline, honestly, I think it's a good thing. Uh, since he's that he's not ready. And you just know there's like some cases where he might not... And he actually like does it like securely because it's a one. He sends them there; they're mm-hmm. pretty much alone. Uh, so that's pretty dangerous on itself. But if he can actually succeed through the mission and push like another step, um, huge, I, I believe. Right, and we know that this is a one-way trip, so there's no coming back from this. Do you think? Uh, to an extent, the way he described it is like it's one way for now, 
by if we ever get to the point where you know if you can self-sustain yourself on the planet for you know a few years and we have the capability to bring you back we will so it's like it's like a one-way ticket but you know kind of an exception because there's still a possibility you can come back it's just depends on how well it works out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um let's switch gears for a second you know i'm 17 michael's 19 amen's 18 um so we naturally gravitate a younger demographic regardless of whether we talk about something interesting or not um and now i usually get an audience between 18 to 25 but what's some practical you know two or three things that you would give to millennials and centennials that they can do today right now right after listening to this what what can they do david uh actually okay i have a few have a few things um so honestly something that's been benefiting me a lot the act of doing and not just like saying you're gonna do something just like putting your foot forward and making a move so whether that is like like actually doing research, writing notes, um, looking up something that like interest, um, making your first actually honestly push you forward into actually um, doing what you want to do, thinking about it. Uh, so I believe that for the, for anyone pretty much listening is you want to do, and that's that's honestly the best advice I can give. Sweet and sweet and simple. <laughs> but uh, actually, I got a I, I got a follow up question to that. A lot of the time, you know, people say um, they they need they know they need to take action on something, and there's everyone you know screaming and yelling at them, telling them to do it, or not even screaming and yelling, just straight up telling them, "Hey, man, you got to do this." Um, how we know that procrastination is always going to be in the way. Um, do you have any sort of advice to sort of avoid procrastination on that? procrastination as not doing it just thinking of doing it yeah like sometimes we get we get caught up in our heads i'm not sure about you guys but for me sometimes i'm like oh i i don't want to do it and i come and sometimes just push it off um and i i just want to follow up uh what's some of the ways that you guys sort of overcome procrastination and take action on it because it's obviously a lot easier said than done oh yeah so, and for example, the gym, um, I always wanted to go, but like at the same time, I and I like had second thoughts and things like that. But once I actually, uh, money, hey, for amen, the- just sorry yeah. to interrupt, just try. I actually wanted to try some try and like don't talk as loudly because sometimes it's like the frequency is cutting out. Just try and, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah, sorry, continue, go on. Uh, okay, is this better? Yeah, just yeah. Or- Okay. Yeah, that's good. Let's try that. All right, so um, just doing the first step and just pushing yourself to do the first, multiple steps in the future. Like I said, um, by my first purchase, I had like the feeling, hey, if I don't do anything, I'm just going to... Hey, okay, I guess I'm just going to go to the gym because I already paid for it, right? If that makes any sense. Yeah. Just pushing yourself. Um, I think for... I'm not sure about you guys, but for me, sometimes there's like a breaking point or like a limit to it. Because that's why a lot of gym membership, you look at Good Life, you look at Planet Fitness, they always have it on a month to month basis. It's like after like after the first month of going to the gym 
and yeah. it's about to renew, oh. it's almost like, nah, I quit. I just thought uh, you threw in the white towel. Um, but that's just uh, on uh, my experience going through it. But I'm with you on that one and that we have to sometimes push outside, outside our comfort zone. And, you know, the cliche saying, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, sometimes it's a little oversimplified, but I think following at it and staying consistent with it um, is definitely a good uh, rule of thumb to remember and to sustain as well. Um, Michael? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I had a gym membership at Planet Fitness, like you mentioned. and <laughs> Not sponsored. <laughs> it's $10 a month, you know? No, absolutely not sponsored. There's nothing wrong with it. It was just, it's kind of far away from where I lived. Um, so it was kind of hard to find the motivation to A, go to the gym and B, actually drive that far just to go to the gym because it's hard enough to want to work out anyway. So put in the steps of having to drive, you know, 20 minutes, I think it was, you know, it was kind of a turnoff. Um, so it got to the point where for a good six months, I didn't go at all. So that was almost $70 wasted just because I couldn't go. I didn't, I didn't have any motivation to. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like that, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so Eamon talked about to always take action, and we have a follow. What are what's your advice to millennials and centennials? Well? Uh, my advice is to, and this isn't everybody, but most of the millennials and centennials that I know of are kind of judgmental to our generation. Like we are Gen centennials, Z, by I, the way. <laughs> or, or, do you mean Gen Z? Yeah, Gen Gen Z or Centennials. Oh, I thought you were talking oh, about like baby boom. Yeah, no, Gen Z. Okay. Well, never mind. In that case, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's all good. We're all we're all advantage. we're all nothing but <laughs> shit in a. <laughs> so for well, I guess more for our age group because millennials have kind of already been in. You know, they've adapted to it, but Gen Z and, and the generation prior to us, to the younger ones who aren't old enough to even listen to this podcast, but once they do, <laughs> just don't, I don't know how to put this in words. I, just don't forget how life used to be before this whole technology explosion, because there's a lot of things that we tend to take a bit, like take for granted. You know, I, I just saw a post recently today about Blockbuster and how lit it would be on a Friday night, you know, because now everything's on streaming and everything's, you know, digital. And it, it's great when it comes to business and, you know, education, because everything's just at the tip of your fingertips, right? Like it's just all there for you. But, you know, back in the day, it wasn't like that. And sometimes, you know, we can even think back to a few instances where we didn't have, you know, immediate access to technology and things like that. So my best advice is to just take advantage of what you have now, but don't forget to look back sometimes and see what life used to be like. Because if you get too involved into technology, you're going to end up working like a robot and you're not going to have any emotions or... Uh, I'm worried about that. Yeah, I know. Having a... Having emotion is definitely something that uh, brings us together for sure. And a lot of people, actually, I'll add on to that. A lot of people at the time, they almost sacrificed their social life for to get ahead. And I always feel like it's a big regret. And I've done that in the past where I've almost like put myself mm -hmm. in isolation and just put myself in a, a productivity dungeon and I'd be building something. And I'd have no one to share it with. I have no one to talk about this with. I have no one to even know about what's going on in my life personally and sometimes we we definitely need um a shoulder to cry on if you look at uh most cutting edge test in the world is called hexaco and one of the things that it has in hexaco is you know honesty humility uh emotionality is the e 
And one of the facets in emotionality is sentimentality and dependence. In order to live a life of happiness and enjoyment, we need some level of so- of social. We need some level of dependence. There's a great poet, um, I forgot who it was, he mm-hmm. said, no man is an island. So you need to learn to connect yourself with other yeah. people. Um, so and, why do you think solitary confinement is such a big deal? Oh, good question. You know, we're not meant to be isolated like that. I guess, um, not to play devil's advocate or anything like that, but to me, social... Um, Isola- that isolation aspect is just for the safety of other people because you never know when they oh, it, break up. In that them. situation, of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like humans in general aren't, aren't meant to, you know, be isolated. That's why they go mental in there because, you know, it's tough not having anybody to talk to or anybody to communicate with, even if you wanted to. It's dangerous. It- All right, so I'm back, and you're probably wondering, Caleb, what's going on? I was getting interested in what the conversation was. Um, there were some technical issues in the recording, uh, sort of, you know, when we were doing this interview, uh, what, what happened was that sometimes the recording would start and stop and we kind of missed about, about a minute or two of actual content, which kind of sucks, but I kind of sum up what we talked about, um, we talked about how, you know, maybe two or three things to getting us to take action. And both Michael and Eamon talked about how taking action is the most important aspect to anybody's success. You know, you can read all the self-help books you can want in your life, but if there's no actual work being done, then it's all for nothing. Uh, and from there, we transition into mentors. You know, you know, for anyone who listens to a lot of my content, whether that's on the podcast or whether that's me in person, they know I talk a lot about mentors and having someone, you know, a role model to look up to. And I was asking both Eamon and Michael what, who were some of the mentors that they had, if they had any. Um, and this is where the response is, and this is where we get back right into it. On how they can make money in business. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you have that mentor as yours, um, what about you, Eamon? Did you have a mentor? Did you have some sort of role model? Uh, yeah. So like me, me and Michael could have a pretty good mentor um, just on his work. on all, all So like it's pretty inspiring to see really, really hard. He's, um, if people are working 80 hours a week, then... Uh, try to always be people that like working really hard. So he he's he's really good at balancing subjects and topics and different things, space and then transportation with a and then AI, and he's like pretty well. Well, um, even at his age, he could have retired like a, a long time ago, but he's still going and trying to like better and survive. Um, so like as a person i really really uh I, I i'm guessing michael can say the same very very successful he's a billionaire obviously companies and he's super super successful uh yeah i guess i guess actually you know what uh it's kind of a side note i just wanted to add something because this is something sure, i sure. wanted to ask both of you um just quickly do you guys think that hustling too hard such as you know how you've heard it hustle 24 7 you know work 100 hour weeks do you think that that's a lot of bullshit? Um, I, I'll take this one. You know, it's actually funny because I actually about to 
follow up with that. Here's the thing that people misunderstand with hard work. Look, work is necessary, right? Works, um, the hard work aspect of trying to push yourself, I don't believe in it to the point where like, oh, you have to do that 24-7 because there's a time when the hard work isn't necessarily hard. Sometimes it could just be tedious. Sometimes, you yep. know, the, defini- the definition of hard work is relative to each and every one of us. What I consider hard work is completely different to what Eamon says, to what Michael says, to whatever someone from Texas says. It's completely relative to what we say it is and what our experiences are. That being said, you pushing yourself to the amount of hours does not equate to your, to your success because you could easily be, from your own definition, saying you're working hard, but your results and your work ethic rebuttal that. That's mm-hmm. my issue with the hard work. work is, look, work is necessary. You have to do it. Yep. But what happens, what happens when you're working hard and you're making sure that you know, you, you're doing your work properly you're you're pushing yourself you're staying up late what happens if it was the wrong thing to do what what if there was something more important that you should have done think about it though if you have to work that much like 100 hour work week kind of thing to the point where you can't even spend time with family on the weekends then clearly something's not right because if it's taking you that long that much effort and time then you're clearly either not managing your time properly or what you're doing is just not for you. And to a certain extent, sometimes there are things where you have to work hard and you have to spend a lot of time doing, whether it be studying for certain things or, you know, if you're trying to become a rapper, so you're spending late writing lyrics, that's different. But if you're trying to set up like a side hustle and you're dedicating all this time and you're not making any money from it, or you're just killing yourself over it, literally, it's probably not the right thing to be doing. Yeah. Uh, Eamon? Um, I agree to a certain point. So, like speaking about Elon, the reason why he's doing a hundred because he's hustling and doing a bunch of different companies, which isn't the smartest idea to have one person be like CEO, like owner of like yeah, the, he's the just workshop. a perfectionist. He is. He yeah. He mostly likes to keep it to him and not let other people take on all the responsibility. For example, like SpaceX or something, but. He works way too much, um, which we are thankful for. It he's he's doing a lot of like amazing things, but I I think that there should be other people taking that responsibility. Someone he thinks is smart enough, um, who can handle it, so he can because he currently just has like I think for his family, which kind of sucks compared to other people who are handling one company doing doing pretty work like pretty good like like uh, or uh, Mark, um. Yeah, but I suggest I suggest like taking time off, eating pretty well, um, holding on to multiple companies, and to have like another. Person. Yeah, I'll have a sort of the slam dunk sort of point on hard work, and I've done a completely separate episode on hard work alone because um, I'm thankful you brought that up, Michael, because a lot of people get it so uh, fucked in the head in this, and it's not their fault. It's just the message that families and teachers bring up all the time. But I will say this on hard work. There is, you get very, there's very little reward to overworking. Very little reward. You lead to burnout, higher mm-hmm. stress levels, you yes. have an imbalance in testosterone and estrogen. And, in, and at worst, you just don't even enjoy what you do. And what, what's the point of life if you don't enjoy 
what you're doing. I, I like what Pablo Picasso says. It's like the dichotomy, the dichotomy of getting into a career that you don't that you don't enjoy doing, and yet you still do it. Um, rather have it set up so that, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but rather have it set up so that you get paid to do things you enjoy doing. And again, what you enjoy doing is completely relative and no one has any say on what that is except for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I also switching gears again, uh, I thought this was a perfect opportunity to bring exposure to you guys at Meteor brand, but also for myself as well. Um, so before we actually hopped onto the Discord call, um, I asked Michael for any questions that he would like to answer for his audience. So I'll leave the floor to Michael. <laughs> uh, well, the questions that I got were more science and space related than anything. Um, so I'm not going to get too, too deep into that because the podcast would take another hour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so most people just asked about, you know, when we're starting our store. Um, I got, I think, four or five out of the seven questions I got were had to do with that. For some reason, they know about it. I'd never actually made it public, but uh, we are starting a store. Or we're going to be selling Meteor brand merchandise. I don't want to promote myself here or anything. I just wanted to let you know because everybody's asking about it. We're probably going to go live end of the month, we're hoping for, to launch by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you, and you guys yeah. sell uh, T-shirts and hoodies and stuff? Mm-hmm hoodies uh we're selling apollo jackets moon lamps space bracelet based phone cases uh, just a bunch yeah. of little hats, things like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah um we're closing in on the end of this um but i also before i ask my final question where can people find you guys instagram instagram yeah <laughs> right. instagram is our main platform but we yeah. do have uh facebook and twitter we're just not as active on it yeah. Uh, again, if you guys want to go check them out, it'll be in the show notes that you guys can go click on. You guys can go follow them. Um, but here's my final question to you guys. What would you tell your 10 year old self? That's a good one. Ooh. If you can go back in time, you got a time machine without disrupting the space time continuum. What would you tell your 10 year old self? You, you go first. Go first? Oh. <laughs> so let's have to tell him which one who's gonna go. Uh, okay, I'll I'll go first. So like, as a child, I think I was pretty dumb. I'm pretty sure everyone thinks that. Um, like their younger self. Um, but like I was pretty dedicated to doing. Okay, I was do- I was doing Minecraft videos, and I was pretty dedicated with that. I was doing them multiple <laughs> what do you times say, a man? day. Minecraft's making a comeback. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I continued, oh my god, I would have been one of those million subscriber Minecraft you- yeah, YouTubers. So, like, I was really dedicated to Minecraft a little too much, so maybe I could tell myself to, like, check out other things and not just look at YouTube. Because at that time, there were, like, multiple things growing, such as e-commerce and yeah. um, cryptocurrency. So, if I, like, dedicated less time on, like, video games and, like, just, like, relaxing and stuff. And what 10-year-old's going to invest in Bitcoin? No, like, I'm, I'm like saying, like, what would you... I'm saying hypothetically no, oh, from the standpoint oh, of saying... If I could, yeah, I would 100%, but that's that's who you are as a 10-year-old, right? As a 10-year-old, all you want to do is play Minecraft, you know? And that's the unfortunate yeah. thing. We're just all innocent, and we don't want to be mature and worry about money until we actually do have to do so. So it's always a tricky question, but, yeah, I agree. I agree with what you said. So you say, uh, Mike, you say that 
not to be so distracted. So what you're saying, or just not mispriced. Yeah, like just try and okay. This is this is tough for me specifically because uh, I always wished I cherished my childhood more. But you're you're only a child once, right? Once you turn eighteen, nineteen, it's kind of all over. You have to put your head out in the real world. So it, it's tough to want to tell myself to not enjoy my childhood and start worrying about life earlier, because what kind of childhood would that be? But with that being said, I know that it would help me out later in life. So it's almost like I don't really know what I would have done. But you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, I don't know if that makes a, any sense or not. It's almost a situation where you're just not quite sure. Um, yeah, I just, I honestly mean? don't know. But if I could, if I go back in time right now and meet myself being 10 year old, I would tell myself to invest in Bitcoin, invest in Apple. <laughs> Facebook all this stuff because I know that it would help me out financially in the future. <laughs> but money aside, the what, biggest what's life a, lesson I'd give Yeah, what's a what's an advice, maybe a mindset, maybe a mentality, maybe something, uh maybe a habit. What would what would that be for you? Yeah. Um I, I would honestly tell myself to and I'm just gonna put this bluntly, stop giving a fuck what other people think because I cared way too much about other people's opinions on me and it held me back from doing a lot of things that I wish I could have done, such as playing sports in school, high school, stuff like that. I never wanted to do it because I was always worried about being judged or this. Now I don't care at all anymore. At this point, I don't really give a shit. But back then, I would have just told myself to just do you, focus on yourself, and don't let anybody else get to your head, not even yourself. Mm, I like that. That's Um, pretty good, yeah. (laughs) Alrighty. Uh thank you for being on the show. I enjoy it. I enjoy the company as well. A little a little late as well, but it's uh it was <laughs> a good time. Alright. Peace out boys. Actually wait, any last words for you guys? Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> check out our merch. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out their merch. <laughs> check out the, our link, merch, meteorbrand.com. Link in the show notes for you guys. All right, peace. <laughs> <laughs>